1: Welcome, you're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And with the weather outside right now a little rainy, you got to get your tan on. So go see Tan Bella Tanning Salon. Uh, Today's trivia theme is NBA players, you know, basketball season started a little bit ago, and we thought, okay, let's let's have a little sports trivia question here. Now we do have a special guest. Uh, our guest is Neil Bawa, uh, and uh, he is a technologist who is universally known in the real estate circles as, get this, the Mad Scientist of Multifamily. Besides being one of the most in-demand speakers in commercial real estate. Neil is a data guru. He loves public speaking as an energetic and humorous speaker. He also serves as CEO at Multifamily University. An apartment investing education company. He's a top. He is a top-rated in-demand presenter at conferences and events across the country. Over five thousand students attend his multifamily seminar series each year, and hundreds attend his apartment magic boot camps. Tens of thousands listen to his podcast appearances, and he's been featured in over one hundred and fifty top-rated top podcasts and radio shows. Neil's assessment assessed. Excuse me. Neil's asset management. And revenue optimization techniques for multifamily are considered unique in the industry uh neil holy smokes that's awesome well, I,
2: resume welcome to nobody the- ever reads that far but uh, thanks for having me on the on the yeah. show i'm I'm very excited to be on great
1: right. and so the uh, the title <laughs> for this episode is the Fed broke the banking system um, so we want to sh- get your your thoughts on that first of all, how did you come up with that title
2: well I, I think we, you know, we wrote that title a while back. While back, and the Fed actually has started to heal the banking system. Um, a lot of it was really tied to what happened in March and what is likely to continue to happen. So a lot of people are like, well, in March mm-hmm. a bunch of banks failed, and then then it yeah. sort of all went away. And the answer is, well, it didn't really go away. Yeah. It it became less noisy, and you stopped seeing headlines about it, right? So like, the, when,
1: so, so like when Silicon Valley Bank failed. And then public failed. Chase took over them. Actually, what happened to Silicon Valley? Did another bank take them over?
2: Yes, so uh, this happens in a hundred percent of cases, right? Yeah. So every time a bank takes over, immediately the FDIC comes in. The first thing they do is they change the name of the bank because the, the name is tainted. So yeah, yeah you know, all of the Silicon Valley bank locations. I live in the in Silicon Valley, so I should know. Uh, yeah. All of the locations are open; they're just fine. Basically, they 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 instead of selling that bank to another bank, they sold them piecemeal to a bunch of different banks.
1: Gotcha, and you know what I thought was kind of interesting is, you know, you you hear all the conspiracy theories about why uh, the FDIC uh, covered more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Someone pointed out this, and I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, if you have, uh, if you're a billion dollar company and you have five hundred million dollars sitting in the bank, uh, you. I mean, it's just ridiculous to go. Well, if we're gonna, you know, make sure everything's FDIC insured, we're gonna have to have you know a thousand different bank accounts at less than two fifty. And I know yeah, there's yeah. kind of there's, there's ways around that, but uh, for some reason, you know, it didn't really bother me that they uh, covered the insurance for more than two fifty. But on the one, on the other hand, you got to kind of make sure no hanky panky goes along,
2: right? Absolutely. And actually, w- one of the things that folks like us do, right? So I am. I currently have about. 75 million dollars in the, in, 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 uh, in the banks in one of my companies. And the way we do it is there's actually a program. And what this program does is you put your money in to, let's say, Comerica Bank. Comerica is the bank that, you know, holds our, our assets. And then Comerica then takes the money and puts it in $249,000 chunks into a bunch of other banks. That's right. And so, so my $75 million is 100% FDIC insured because it's actually sitting in 3000 banks. or something like that, some weird number like that, 300 banks. So it's sitting in 300 different banks. And they give you that list. But the way that the system functions and the FDIC oversees it, they spread it out amongst a bunch of different banks. And you can actually go to those banks and and manage the accounts, you know, yourself. But obviously, it's going to be a hassle to do that, to 300 different banks. So if Comerica goes out of business, the FDIC comes in, and it takes over the control of that system that I just talked about and yeah. hands it over to another bank. And yeah. now I can transact again within 24 hours. So it's, it's a very I interesting it's, I think it's
1: brilliant, you know, because it totally makes sense that, you know, you, 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 if you as an individual have to get, start going to 300 different banks, it'll just drive you bananas, And so it's a a, a nice legal way, let's say, of getting around the system. Tell you what, we're going to cut to our first commercial break here. And uh, here's our trivia question. We're talking basketball. And again, just to remind you, Neil, if you know the answer, don't say anything yet. All right. Uh, First trivia question. Bill Russell holds the record for the most NBA championships won as a player. How many did he win during his career? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. And by the way, I want to make a mention here. Next week, we're going to have a special guest, John Youson from uh, ITEX. He's their their new sponsor, and it, it all has to do with barter. And it's all legal, and I, 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 I'm kind of familiar with it. So uh, it'll be a very interesting show next week. All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888 912 1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 a.m. The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 a.m. The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown along with my special guest, Neil Bawa. And uh, Neil will ask you this question. See if you know the answer to it. Bill Russell holds the record for the most NBA championships won as a player. How many did he win during his career? Did I'm just
2: you... going to guess. Uh, Bill won six.
1: Uh, actually, he won eleven.
2: Wow! Isn't that amazing? Wow. He won eleven. That's a yeah, stunning number. Celtics
1: back then were were an absolute powerhouse. Um, also, I want to make a mention here for the Elk Cove Inn in Mendocino, uh, right on the water. Uh, if you just check them out, just look at the pictures. It's just a beautiful, like a, almost like a bed and breakfast, beautiful place called the Elk Cove Inn in Mendocino. All right. Uh, we are in the studio, somewhat Zoom-wise, uh, with Neil Bawa, uh, who is the mad scientist of multifamily. Now, how did you get that uh,
2: moniker? It happened actually in a in a weird way. I was walking up on stage. So they were introducing me at some conference. I usually go to about 15, 16 conferences a year that I present my data. At. I'm the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the, 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 the data guy. You know, at, at a lot of these conferences, some of them are sort of pitch fests and people are pitching whatever the yeah. heck they want. And they want to have one data guy that shows up, basically just goes through a bunch of information and doesn't necessarily point people to anything. I'm the token data guy. And so as I'm ta- walking up on stage, this guy says, "You know, this guy blah 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 blah." And he says, "Mad scientist and multifamily. and the audience just starts to to yell and 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 you know he's he's really taken by it. And then a month later, he's hosting a different conference and he uses it again. And then I'm like, and the audience reacts the same way. And I'm like, this isn't bad. But it actually yeah. describes who I am. So I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it.
1: Absolutely. So. Um... I, and I, I've been to these conferences before and, you know, f- people are pitching whatever they're trying to sell. Right. Uh, and, and what, so what kind of, like, pretend we're at a conference right now, what kind of
2: data points are you uh, sharing with the audience? So, um, you know, and, and it varies from time to time, right? So, you know, I, I'll, I'll, first I'll talk about data points related to what you asked me, right? So a little bit earlier, you asked me this question uh, yeah. about how the Fed broke the banking system. So what I yeah. talk about is that most people think that when I mean Fed broke the banking system, they're thinking Silicon Valley Bank, they're thinking First Republic. And the answer is yes and no, because the damage done there is probably 1% of the damage that the Fed is doing to the banking system in other ways. And it's that ba- that that damage is basically stretched out over two years. So it's it's harder to hear about damage that stretched out over two years yeah. than to hear about damage that happened in a 24 hour period because of one stupid tweet. Right. I mean, the bank went down because of a tweet from one of the, the most famous people in venture capital that went out to all the startups and all the startups withdrew the money. One hundred and six, seventy five billion dollars in on the same day. See, that's right? the thing. It was a run on the bank. If right, exactly. Bank, it, this, was, this was the fastest run in history because yeah. it was all based on a tweet that everyone in the industry read because every startup was, was subscribed to this particular gentleman. Um, and, and so it, it was unique, but that damage is very small to the bigger damage. So I, that would be something yeah. that I would talk about and say, how is the Fed damaging the banking system in a way that's much, much worse than Silicon Valley Bank or First Republic? Then I often talk about um, inflation, Like a lot of people today are worried about inflation. And I, yeah. I I go to these conferences and I say, no one should worry about deflation, inflation. Everyone should worry about deflation. And right. here's yeah. why. Here's yeah, why. A little, right? a little bit of
1: inflation is actually good.
2: It's really know? good, right? It's, it's, it's really sort good. Sort
1: of right. a, man, it's sort of like, um, I, I, I own a building where uh, it's in the Silicon Valley. And right. when things were going just absolute crazy, Rents were going through the roof. Of course, I missed out on it because I had a locked in lease. But I was thinking, oh, I don't like that. I mean, in theory, as a landlord, you like it, but you know, it's going to come back down to earth. So it's like, no, no, just have steady. So same thing with the real estate market in general with houses, you know, a nice 5% increase every year is fine. You don't yep. like
2: to see these 20%. I'll take 4%. I mean, but, 4%, but when it's 10 or 15, then delinquency rises. All of a sudden, tenants are yeah. leaving and churn is the killer of profit. You yeah. don't really do the math on that. You might be getting 15% rent growth, but all of a sudden, instead of people leaving every three years, they're leaving every nine months, yeah. make, you're making less money. Not more money. Most you know, people don't do the math on that. You know,
1: a good point because, yeah, my attitude is I, I'm very uh, landlord friendly. Um, you know, I want to keep my tenants happy. Now, things happen. You mean happen tenant sometimes. friendly. Yeah, 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 tenant friendly. Yeah. Because sometimes things happen that, you know, are not under my control. But if it is, I, 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 you know, even though I love my real estate broker, I prefer not to pay new commissions. I don't want to pay any TIs if I can get away with it. And I don't no. want any downtime. So, that kind of goes along with what you're what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So I, I, I talk at conferences about, you know, rent growth projections, vacancy projections for multifamily, things like that, because that's, yeah. you know, single family and multifamily are my asset classes. I have a portfolio of about a billion dollars uh, assets in 16 different markets. And so you learn a lot from those mar- those markets. Yeah. You learn a bunch of new things that you didn't know about. So yeah. I basically... I'm good at taking those and presenting them to at various conferences. But but you know may, maybe in in one of the segments I can basically explain to you how the Fed is breaking the banking system yeah, and it's we're, not for the public.
1: Yeah yeah. In, in our in our next segment we're going to go to a break here pretty soon. I just want to ask you a quick question before we get sure. into that in the next segment. Uh, is, uh, do you have like a bunch of different funds? Is that how you control the billion? Uh, yeah,
2: so we, I have multifamily funds. I have built to rent funds. So built to rent essentially is townhomes yeah. that are built to rent. So they're not apartments, they're yeah. townhomes. So it yeah. feels like a single family backyard, you yeah. know, some small front yard. So sort of a lower density feel, but you're still a tenant. Uh, so uh-huh. I do a lot of those. And then um, other stuff like um, flex industrial, student housing, self-storage, I, I, all sorts of different you, funds. How
1: long have you been uh, doing, uh, doing this?
2: So I did real estate on my own for 11 years from 2003 to 2014. And then from 2014 to 2023, I've been doing it with other people's money. Gotcha. We also call it OPM. OPM. Which most people call it opium.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to go to our second trivia question here. Now, we already talked about Bill Russell won the most yes. championships with 11. Uh, question, who is second place behind Bill Russell for the Ooh. most championships? Uh, name the person. And extra, well, let's put it aside, name the number, and then we know it's less than 11. Uh, and bonus points if you happen to know the uh, uh, the name of the player. All right, 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer was that tanning certificate. Stay with us the Best of Investing. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Neil Bawa. And I love saying that name, Neil Bawa. I like that. Okay, second (laughs) trivia question. Who is in second place uh, behind Bill Russell for the most championships won as a player?
2: You know, I'm a data scientist, so I do math in my head. I good. would say that whoever it is was in the same team as the first guy.
1: Very good. Very I, good. I'm right. I'm right. You, you are correct. Okay. But who's the player and how many championships we know it's less than 11.
2: I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, but that was very good, Very astute. Um, it, the number is 10. And ah, it's, okay. uh, Sam, Sam Jones, who played along with uh, Bill Russell.
2: Awesome. Same team, right? All right. Okay. Math, math wins. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I've always
1: loved math. Um, Hey, I had six years of high school, so I I really finally got, got my math down. Um, I also want to make a mention here, excuse me, for Alcatraz tours. I don't know if you've ever been to Alcatraz, but uh, they, they have a a crew, a little sort of a mini cruise ferry. Uh And you go to Alcatraz, check it out. It's a beautiful ferry ride. Uh, Check it out. Alcatraz tours.com. Uh, all right. So, Neil Bawa. Uh, so, t- OK, tell us about breaking the uh, the breaking the Fed, the banking system.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't First Republic. It wasn't Silicon Valley Bank. And here's the biggest reason why. So who was hurt when First Republic failed or Silicon Valley failed? Well, the people oh, yeah, that were sh- hurt, not, not the department. they were the shareholders, shareholders, right? The shareholders of shareholders. those banks. Now, yeah. if you think about it, Those shareholders lost billions of dollars in value, right? Firstly, billions is a small number when it comes to banks, so keep that in mind. But then, did you notice that a few days later, the major banks that the, the deposits fled to, all of them... Their shareholding value increased, Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. So on a net basis, while people lost billions of dollars, people also made billions of dollars. The deposits simply moved from one flag to another flag. So in the end, the banking system actually didn't break or didn't even even have a challenge, right? Individual investors had challenge, but people lose money in the stock market every day of the year and people make money. So that wasn't the break. The break is, and it's happening every single day of the year, is that because the Fed has what goofed up, you know. Basically, they said inflation was transitory, and it wasn't. And they, yeah. because they goofed up, and now they have to raise rates five hundred and fifty basis points, or five and a half percent. Because of that, the the smaller banks in the United States, and we're talking about banks with deposits under two hundred billion, right? So, right. you know, Silicon Valley was mid-sized because it was over two hundred billion, right? First Republic was over two hundred billion, but the mid smaller banks below that two hundred billion dollar mark, yeah. those banks they were making $1.9 trillion of commercial loans to commercial real estate. So we're talking office, retail, strip malls, uh, self storage buildings, all of the different kinds of commercial real estate. Now they were making less to multifamily because multifamily gets cheaper loans from the government, from government subsidized entities called Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and, and HUD. These are government subsidized, but they're focused more on the multifamily and single family side. So the commercial real estate guys, Basically, these banks were making massive amounts of loans. $1.9 trillion of those loans are coming due in the next three years. And because of what the Fed did, almost none of these, I'll say maybe 50% of these can, cannot be refinanced, which means maybe that this know, commercial... can't because the interest rates have gone up and it doesn't... Because the interest up. rates have gone up and the values have gone down. So mm-hmm. today, if you want to refinance these, the banks will give you so little money, that you just can't refinance. So you have no option but to sell your property. Well, can
1: you renegotiate with the bank um, that you have the loan with because they don't want to take it back?
2: As far as I know, no bank has done that at this point of time, even though hundreds and hundreds of these buildings have already gone under in the last six months. So nobody, nobody's done that. Now I did notice that some banks were doing it in 2008 when there was extreme contagion, but we're nowhere near that level because if you look at the overall.
1: Yeah. And you're kind of freezing up there, Neil. I see, I see this face with, <laughs> you may, you may have to come, you may have to go back in, out and come back in only because we we kind of lost you there. And while you do that, uh, I am going to continue on uh, there. It's interesting. You're mentioning about shareholders losing money in Silicon Valley bank. And it reminds me of uh, in the old days when I used to sell a lot of insurance uh, some of the companies I used were smaller, but they'd been around over a hundred years and people would ask, well, you know how do i know that this insurance company is going to pay and the answer was that uh unless there's a fraud company out there uh all insurance companies have, have always paid the um the claims now the shareholders might get hurt and even the annuity holders might get hurt but the shareholders excuse me but the policy holders don't get hurt so if somebody died Uh, A lot of these insurance companies get uh, reinsurance and they go ahead and reinsure with another company, very similar to the banking system. So uh, depositors didn't get hurt with the banks, but shareholders are on the stock. Those guys got hurt. Same thing with the insurance companies. That's kind of how that works. All right. Uh, while Neil is trying to log back in, somehow somehow we lost his signal. I don't know uh, what happened. He was right in the middle of a great story about the, the uh, banking system getting broken and uh, all these loans coming due in the next few years. It'll be very, very interesting. I want to definitely get him back so we can uh, finish that off. But in the meantime, we are going to go to our third trivia question here, which is, in 2015, Clay Thompson dropped 37 points in a single quarter. The question is, which team was this against? That's our trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer wins that tanning certificate. And uh, don't uh, don't don't touch that dial because we are going to be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer.
1: Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Neil Bawa, who just came back in. Uh, So, Neil, you didn't hear the trivia question, but I'm going to ask it right now and see if you know the answer to it. In 2015, Clay Thompson dropped 37 points in a single quarter which team was this against? Remember, remember that? He sent the, the Not record. a
2: choice. Yeah, he no, I, I, I'm a very recent baseball, yeah, basketball fan. So I'm, uh, I'm yeah. Though, okay. I, though, though I do follow the Golden State Warriors. Um, uh, okay. So, but no, I wouldn't know.
1: No, okay. Sacramento Kings. That, Kings. That's who, that's, that's who we did about it. Okay. So you were, you're, just before you cut out accidentally, uh, you mm-hmm. were talking about the uh, Fed breaking the banking system. Uh, right
2: right and it's it's the fed's breaking the banking system in, in pieces in steps every single month okay. because the small and mid-sized banks were the biggest uh, lenders to commercial real estate, especially the office segment and what 's happened with the fed raising rates so fast so quickly that that sector really hasn 't had time to adjust so the okay. multifamily market has exposure to to about $75 billion of maturing loans in 2024 and 2025. That Mm -hmm. number is actually tiny compared to the the office sector because the office sector has exposure that may be in the 150 to $200 billion range. this is extreme risk for the banks, for these mid-sized banks because What's happened is multifamily values have declined by about 20, 25, 30%, depending upon the market. So let's just call it 20 to 30%. Well, but really office... Different? Have they yeah. really declined yep. by as have. They have. Of the all because of cap rate. So okay, okay. we, you know, and, and because I, I, you know, we make two to three offers a week. And so the average cap rate that we are making offers at today is about 5.6. The average cap rate was 4.2 about 18 months ago. The difference between 4.2 and 5.6 seems small, nice. but it's about okay.
1: 25, 30%. Well, wait a minute. Let me, let me ask you, uh, but just, just based on that, um, how can you, uh, how can you afford to buy at a 5.6 cap rate if you have to go and borrow them? But I mean, what, what's the rate of interest that you're borrowing from the banks at now?
2: Usually over six. So we're borrowing 6.1, 6.2, 6.3. So one can say you are negative equity, right? Uh,
1: so there's Unless uh, unless I mean, the, unless the uh, unless there's so much value add because the, the rents were really low. But go ahead. So
2: when you're starting out, you're upside down. Basically, if you don't pr- provide a very significant amount of rent bumps through value add, you're going to stay negative negative, and you're probably going to lose all of your equity, right? So that's the situation that there is today. Now, one good news is there's a lot of loans out there where you can assume somebody else's loan and maybe they were at 4%, 3.5%. We've just assumed a loan at 4.2%. So then now all of a sudden you have positive leverage, even though you're paying 25 to 30% less than you were paying 18 to 24 months ago. And
1: usually what you just pay like one point to assume the loan.
2: Uh, yes. One point. So one percentage point to assume the loan, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and a bunch of others allow you to assume loans. Okay. Uh, so you, so now- And loan assumption wasn't a big deal, but all of a sudden it's the biggest deal in multifamily. Yeah. Oh, Here's yeah. the challenge. <laughs> you can do that for multifamily because the asset class is still robust. 95% occupancy, two to 3% rent growth every year. It's slowing down. It was used to be like 8%, but you know, now it's 2%, 3%. Still, it's, it's a growing asset class. Yeah. How do you do that for office? So, office is in the biggest cat, most catastrophic space that it's ever been 2008 looks like a walk in the park compared to where they are today because when you look at the companies that pay, you know the card swiping companies they gather data from card swipes of at offices yeah well only about 50, depending upon the markets, only about 55% to 65% of card swipes are happening. So every company is shrinking the total amount of space that they need. So as these contracts come up for renewal, these, these office space contracts come up for renewal, yeah. the renewal numbers are absolutely horrifying.
1: Is it, is it mostly still working from home type of uh, you know, remote?
2: It's not work from home. It's the fact that now there's more flexibility. So let's say before covid People were working in the office four days a week and working from home one day a week. Well, now those people have the flexibility to work in the office three days a week and work from home two days a week. That one extra day spread out across 50 million office workers is a massive amount of real estate that commercial real estate that certainly isn't needed at all right? So yeah. San Francisco is the hardest hit. A yeah. building, and this is a building that most people kind of, if you think about San Francisco, you might actually recognize this. So this yeah. is the Wells Fargo building, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's actually down the road from Salesforce. So Salesforce, yeah. So it's about uh, 500 yards away from the Salesforce building. Okay. This building, this Wells Fargo building was appraised at $1,000 a square foot in 2019. It just sold for $200 a square foot. That's an wow. 80% decline. I mean, I, well, yeah. I mean a 1,000 square right.
1: foot for an office building is, 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 is a little ridiculous to begin with. It's, like it's ridiculous, is too, right?
2: It's excessive.
1: $200 right. is, too, is too cheap. There was, in fact, um, one of the hotels, uh, well, well uh, 10% of all of San Francisco's hotels just disappeared overnight because uh, they, they, they just handed it over to the bank.
2: And uh, they just they just did. And yeah. two of the biggest hotels just did the Park 55 and the yes. Midtown, these are large hotels, seven hundred and fifty million dollars in in mortgages, keys handed back to the bank. Yes. And then the mall that was next to both hotels, the Westfield Mall Mall yeah. had a five hundred and fifty-three million dollar mortgage. Westfield just handed the keys back. So what's happening is That the, it's not, so the hotels are collapsing because the offices no longer have enough people. The offices mean that retail doesn't have enough people. That retail is affecting the malls. The malls are affecting the hotels. So you have this catastrophic chain that's happening, not just in San Francisco, it's happening in other markets, but San Francisco is the poster child for what's happening. And the exposure is all the mid sized banks that were loaning. To these people, yeah. and 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 it accelerates over the next two years from here. Oh, well, That's so what f- I mean by the Fed broke the banking system. Yeah,
1: interesting. So it's funny because you know I work a lot with Pacific Private Money, and we lend, but our primary focus is uh, single family houses, first position. Mm-hmm. And the way I've kind of looked at it when I've, I'm, t- I'm speaking to people is everybody needs a place to live. And, yep. and so, you know, not everybody needs an office building. Not everybody has to go to the mall, especially you know, with with uh, Amazon and and that sort of thing. But uh, it's just it's it, it is a little scary. I mean, what, what do they need to? We're going to go to a break here in about uh, just a minute, less than a minute. Uh, what what does what does the bank or excuse me, the Fed need to do? Uh, just lower interest rates? I mean, well, that's that's. I think
2: I think that's will start the healing process because there are a lot of there's a lot of really awful quality you know, offices that nobody can really save. But there's good yeah. quality offices that should be refinanced, that should be liquid, that are occupied at maybe 90%, but still the value decline is the issue. Well, if rates go down 2%, we're good.
1: Okay, very good. All right, stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Neil Bala, my special guest. This has been awesome. Uh, And Neil, there's a lot of questions we didn't even get a chance to to do, so we're going to definitely have to have you on again. Um, Is now a good time to buy or build real estate?
2: In, In my mind, now is not a good time to build real estate, and now is a good time to corner land. Land has become illiquid. So I'll give you an example. These are real examples, right? 18 months ago, maybe 24 months ago, if I'm buying 10 acres of land, I'm paying two times, 2x what I'm paying today. And I have to close on the land in 120 days. And then I have to carry that cost while I spend almost two years zoning and permitting and entitling yep. it and getting it to the point where it actually can start construction. So that carry costs is, is a killer, right? Okay. Plus you're paying twice as much. So today I'm able to pay half what I was paying 24 months ago. And I'm able to sign a contract that gives me 18 months during which time we, I can do the zoning and permitting and entitling, but I haven't bought the land yet. So today, you know, squatting on land, this is really land squatting, not land banking. For land banking, you have to buy it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Here, I have a contract and I basically give somebody $50,000 deposit and that's all really I'm in for. And now I can basically drag it out for another 18 months. So the bad time to build because construct- construction costs are still high. They're coming down, but they're still high. Yeah. Also, uh, an interest uh, rates are high, but I'm absolutely hundred percent convinced that they're going to come down. Um, yeah. Yeah. But a great time to be preparing to construct at the end of 2024. That would be an incredible time to invest in. So are you? And also an, in, in, yeah, do you yeah. have?
1: Op, are you? Is it an option that you have, or you're you're actually in contract to buy You have to buy it, but you're just tying up the fifty thousand.
2: I'm in contract to buy these uh, and I have a $50,000 deposit and I eventually walk away, I'll lose my deposit. Right. If, especially well, if I walk away in the first four months, I won't lose anything. If I walk away 18 months later, then I'll probably lose my $50,000 deposit in almost every case, but that's the risk of, t- you know, you take in business, right? Yeah. Well, I'm taking the risk all the time. Two years ago, this piece of land today, it's maybe 2 million before it was 4 million. So I'm paying half, But I'm not, I'm also saving another 30% in carrying costs. So I'm basically getting an 80% discount on land compared to where I was before. So that's an incredible opportunity.
1: And, and, and And those landowners are basically just dumping the land.
2: Well, they, they they want to be in contract, right? They 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 want some out. The only options are to give people more time. So, its flexibility is really what matters today. If you're if you're a landowner and you want to sell, you've got to be flexible.
1: But they're cutting it in half too from what it was.
2: Well, some of that is because land becomes illiquid much faster yeah. than any other form of real estate when rates yeah. go up. So, yeah, which is is why it's I, the I, most I, tend, sensitive. I tend
1: to stay away from land. Personally, I yeah. I don't like the yeah. risk on that. I. Uh, everybody needs a place to live. I like, you know, to give people a mortgage. And in fact, on our Southwest fund, we, we're buying discounted mortgages. Uh, and especially with all the kind of weird fallout that's going on, so our average loan to value is only fifty one percent. But because we're wow. buying at a discount, it's thirty seven percent. So wow. I don't know too many more conservative investments out there, and we're paying just a, a flat eight and a half percent. So you know, that's but there's, nice. no, there's no growth unless you just. Reinvest the distributions, and and then you get about eight, three quarters, or uh, close to nine, maybe. But uh, uh, but we give up the growth. I'd I'd rather just sleep at night. I'm not. I'm not a gunslinger. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Neil, I tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're definitely going to have to have you on again. Uh, Definitely. Click back on my Calendly so you can get back on because this has been great. And and there's a whole bunch of stuff I know we didn't even get a chance to do, but we're going to, here's our thoughts of the day. So, the first time I got a universal remote control, I thought to myself, this changes everything. (laughs) And uh, when life gives you melons, you might be dyslexic. (laughs) All right, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. And those aren't even my best ones. I got better ones. Uh, Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. Slow along.
0: You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer.